Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Interpretation, please. One, two, one, two, three, four. Here come the men in black, Galaxy Defenders. Oh, sorry, caught me singing there. Welcome to episode 16 of the One British Man English Podcast. My name's Lee, your host. If you haven't been here before, in a minute I'll tell you exactly how it works. But first, who am I? My name's Lee and I own a little business called speaktolee.com if you want to check it out. I'm an English tutor, I'm a writer, I'm a voiceover artist, but today, more importantly, I'm a podcaster. This podcast aims to help you improve your natural, more native, everyday conversation. It's not scripted. I make a few notes, of course, but it's natural and it comes from my heart. It's what I would say, and I want to share that with you. In this podcast, we have part one. I'm going to do a little monologue on a little event that happened recently, actually. And then in part two, we're going to analyze the discussion that I have with you and we'll look at some cool idioms and expressions that I used, uh, talk about them, ways that you can apply them into your everyday life. So let's get into the topic today, a little introduction. Today, I'm going to talk about the celebrity world. I want to talk about how disconnected we have become from our own worlds. And we seem to step into this celebrity media driven world way too often and just get so involved in it. And just what are we doing? What are we doing, honestly? So I'm going to be very hypocritical today and I'm going to jump into the celebrity world and talk about it and tell people that you shouldn't be talking about it. But there's a purpose. But let's make sure we do something positive with this discussion, learn some good English along the way, and hopefully it will be entertaining for you. Okay, let's get into it. So last week it was the Oscars, the 94th Oscars in fact, the biggest event in show business. In the audience you have the creme de la creme of Hollywood stars, all showing their appreciation for their fellow actors. There are a variety of awards to be nominated for, And I would say these are the awards that they really want to win. These are the ones that matter. This year, Chris Rock was asked to present the show. Chris Rock, if you don't know, is an American stand-up comedian. I think he's 57 years old now. He's been around for a while. He's an actor, writer, producer, film director. It's really no shock that he was asked to present such a prestigious event. He has literally done it all. And he's great, actually. In the audience, amongst other celebrity faces... You had Will and Jada Smith. I'm not going to tell you who Will Smith is. You should know that. He's a pretty likeable guy in the celebrity world, I would say. Or at least he was. I remember owning a Will Smith album when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. If you remember, he did the Men in Black song, Miami, a couple of other tracks, classics. Anyway, in recent times, Will has been hitting the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And to be honest, I feel a bit sorry for him. His wife Jada had an affair with a younger man and then she publicised the whole apology and even turned the rebuilding of their relationship into a reality TV show for the whole world to see. And whether he consented to that or not, the fact is that he seems to have lost touch with the important boundary which is between entertaining the world and privacy, your family life, all those kind of things. So after months of hogging the limelight, the Smiths arrived at the Oscars where his film, King Richard, was nominated for five awards. When I say his film, I mean he was the leading actor. He actually ended up winning his first Oscar 
for Best Actor. So, congratulations, Will Smith. Now, Chris Rock, as a comedian, is renowned for his observational comedy, his political satire and his black humour. There's always an air of controversy in his jokes, which is why people love him, right? That's what a lot of successful comedians have in common. It kind of makes you go, ooh, can he say that? That's a bit risky, but usually it's hilarious. Now, at some point during the show, he turned his attention to Will Smith and more importantly to his wife, Jada. He wasn't going to miss that opportunity to jump on the bandwagon with all the press at the moment about the Smiths. So he told a joke to the audience, well, to the world. And I must apologise if repeating it offends anyone suffering from the same condition as Jada. He made a joke about Jada's shaved head. He said, Jada, can't wait for G.I. Jane 2. G.I. Jane is a movie about a female soldier who just so happens to also have a shaved head. But the problem here is that Jada Smith suffers from a condition called alopecia, which obviously causes a lot of grief for people, both physically and psychologically. It was a dangerous joke, which ultimately had its consequences. Will Smith's first reaction was laughter, but it was a kind of half laugh. And then he turned to Jada and saw that she was rolling her eyes in obvious disapproval. And that eye roll was probably just a glimpse of what she was actually feeling inside. If you are the butt of a joke, that can be tough. If your illness is the butt of a joke, that's going to hurt. Now something snapped inside Will Smith. He marched to the stage and unleashed some G.I. Joe moves of his own. G.I. Joe was the original movie of G.I. Jane. It was based on a male soldier, by the way. Come on, guys. Keep up. Keep up. So as he approached Chris Rock, he slapped him around the face. But it wasn't a little like, how dare you kind of slap. It was a full-on professional combat slap. I was actually quite impressed with it. I've never seen a slap with such good technique. His stance was stable. He swiveled his shoulders and made full connection with his face like some kind of karate chop. Some might describe Chris Rock's character as cheeky. This gives it a whole other meaning. Of course, I don't condone physical abuse. And of course, the reaction was way, way over the top and irrational. But, yes, there's a but, it just goes to show the fragility of Will Smith's current emotional state. I can't help but think that this has all been caused by the invasion of his privacy and the increased media pressure. He just lashed out without even thinking. And you don't do that if you're relaxed, happy and feeling comfortable. In fact, maybe this was the most real and human thing that Will Smith has actually done for a while. Now, the event has thrown up lots of questions, obviously, and I've got some. Is it okay for a comedian to joke about illness, disability, racism, sexuality, religion, terrorism? It's questionable, and I think it's an interesting topic for another episode. Also, the inconsistency in the rules. I have to question that. Is Will Smith going to be arrested for actual bodily harm, or ABH? We've all been annoyed or verbally abused by someone, I have. I remember it was in an office that I used to work at in England. Did I want to storm up to his desk and slap him round the face? Yes, but I didn't because I would have lost my job and faced the possibility of maybe even being arrested. Will Will face the same consequences. Sorry, I couldn't help it. I just wanted to say Will Will. Anyway, today I wanted to focus on how we, the audience, have become so obsessed with other people's lives 
Feel free to call me a hypocrite since I'm adding to the gossip simply by creating this podcast, but at least I'm aware of it. At the end of the day, if your reality is influenced by celebrity events and it's shaping your perception of the world, you probably need to work on reconnecting with something real. Don't let yourself become consumed by media-driven drama. Don't waste your strong emotions of anger, excitement, love, hate on events that are really not that special. Is there any need to engage yourself that much in arguments and heated discussions about who was right and who was wrong? Remember this industry is called the entertainment industry because it entertains. But if you turn off the flashing lights and you switch off the camera and you look at these celebrities as human beings, which of course we should do, you start to understand that maybe, just maybe, you are also contributing to it, whether positively or negatively. In this case, negatively. All I saw when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock was a lost man, an actor, who ironically has forgotten how to act in real life. And that's quite sad. And I think we're all partly responsible for it. Also, knowing the recent history about Will Smith, he's obviously had a tough time of it. And you see this time and time again with celebrities, this kind of downfall. I think it's worrying, to be honest. I think it's like a cry for help. No one in their right mind would step up in front of the world and hit someone on stage. I think there was a fair reason for it, but it just proves that he's very unstable. I think someone should actually call Will Smith, a friend maybe, and ask him seriously, are you okay? The last thing we want is Will Smith to end up as another tragic news story. So there's a different angle for you to look at. But just for fun, let's pretend that Hollywood is real and that these two fellas actually end up in court. Will has been charged with slappage. Is that a real crime, slappage? And the inability to act rationally. I want to be the judge because I've always wanted to wear one of those wigs. I think it would suit me, actually. I don't have a hammer, though. I'll have to use a pencil instead. So let's begin. Order, order, order in the court. The verdict. The judge finds the defendant, William Smith, guilty of being consumed by the entertainment world, chewed up and spat out. The judge also finds the global audience guilty of continuously living their lives through the lives of others. Please stop. Finally, the judge finds Chris Rock guilty of insensitivity. It was a cheap shot joke and he should have known better. There we go, we're all guilty. In conclusion, I really don't care that a man slapped another man. I don't think he's the first one and he certainly won't be the last. Frankly, the only crime here is that I spent nearly 15 minutes talking about it. But I couldn't help it. I was just getting jiggy with it. Na 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 don't worry you can hear a bit more of that later that's the end of part one now we're going to head over to part two and look at some of the language that i used in that discussion i usually choose eight to ten things so you have to trust me that i'm choosing something that's useful i'm going to try and choose those words that you haven't heard before the words that are more commonly used in britain slang words idioms expressions that you might not have heard at school for example or in a textbook Pick out the ones that feel most relevant to you, the ones that you think, yeah, I could use that, and start applying it into your everyday English. Okay, off we go to part two. Let's go. In the audience, you have the creme de la creme of Hollywood stars. Creme de la creme. 
Yeah, I know it's not technically English, but the good news is that if you're French, you already know it. Obviously, English is well connected to French, and we use a lot of French words and expressions like bon voyage, à la carte, en route, piste de résistance, vis-à-vis, I could go on. You can't translate it into English, though, because cream of the cream sounds very weird. Creme de la creme is a noun. It's the best person or thing of a particular kind, and it can also be used as a plural. It's like saying the best of the best. Here's another example for you. Wembley Stadium is the creme de la creme of English football stadiums. It's the best one out of a lot of good ones. It's really no shock that he was asked to present such a prestigious event. Prestigious. Prestigious describes something that inspires respect and admiration, usually of a high status. Synonyms for this adjective could be reputable or well-respected. As a noun, we use prestige. The Oscars award ceremony has a lot of prestige. Or, the Oscars is a prestigious event. So after months of hogging the limelight, to hog, to hog, it's a verb. Don't get it confused with the noun, a hog. A hog is a male pig, like a wild hog that you find in the forest. I'm not calling anyone a wild pig. (laughs) To hog is a verb. And on its own, it means to take or use all of something in a selfish way. If a footballer never passes the ball, you could say he always hogs the ball. On the school playground, we'd call that guy a hogger. If you hog the limelight, like Will Smith was doing, it means that a lot of attention is being given to you because you're famous or you've done something exciting recently. In that case, it doesn't mean that you're intentionally being selfish. If you're famous, it just happens that way. All the lights... All the cameras, the attention, it's all on you. He wasn't going to miss that opportunity to jump on the bandwagon with all the press at the moment about the Smiths. To jump on the bandwagon. Okay, pay attention. This one's a little bit trickier. If you jump on the bandwagon, you join an activity that has become very popular. Or you change your opinion on something that has become popular so that you can also share in its success. In my example, I said that Chris Rock didn't want to miss out on the opportunity of jumping on that bandwagon. What I meant is that all the media sources are having a lot of success with gossip columns and articles written about Will Smith and his wife. And Chris Rock saw an opportunity and he didn't want to miss out on that kind of success. All right, let's break down the word and also look at some of the history of it to give you a better idea and hopefully it will stick in your memory. So we've got the word bandwagon. Band, as in musicians, and wagon, as in a method of transport. In this case, a bandwagon was a vehicle or platform that was pulled by a horse and transported musicians around. Usually it followed a circus parade or something like that. In 1848, there was a famous clown called Dan Rice, and he used his circus bandwagon to transport politicians around the town while the music on the wagon attracted the public to the area where they were holding their campaign speeches. So now you can kind of understand that jumping on the bandwagon means to take part or join in in an activity and get the success from it like everyone else is. Let me give you another example for context, an easy one. I finally jumped on the bandwagon and bought myself an iPhone. iPhones are very popular. Everyone has them. 
If you jump on the bandwagon, you want to be part of it too. If you are the butt of a joke, that can be tough. If your illness is the butt of a joke, that's going to hurt. The butt of a joke. There's two ways you can remember this. I'll give you the more formal, real way and then a more creative way because I like to get creative. First, let me just address all you childish people out there. Yes, I said butt. B-U-T-T. Ha 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 He said butt. Yeah, butt as in ass. But it's nothing to do with your ass. So don't worry. In archery, you know, with a bow and arrow like Robin Hood. In archery, the butt is the shooting field where you go and fire your bow and arrow. But in the olden days, the butt was actually the target. It was the name of the target. So you took your bow and arrow and you would shoot at these like little mounds of dirt in the field, which were the targets. So butt actually means shooting target. If you literally move the word butt and put the word target in, it works just fine. You are the target of a joke. And now for Lee's creative way to remember it. Next time someone tells a joke about someone, imagine that they're pulling back a bow and arrow, just about to say the joke, and then they let go of the arrow as they tell the joke. And the arrow fires towards the target, which is your butt, and it sticks into your ass, and it hurts, because you are the target. The butt of a joke. It was a full-on professional combat slap. Now, you might think full-on is a phrasal verb, but it's not. It's actually an adjective. Full-on means something is running at maximum power or capacity. It could also mean that it has a direct or significant impact on something. The most common way that I would use the adjective full-on is to describe a person, actually. If you have a person who is a little bit too much, you know, they're like, oh, God, this person is quite hard to be around. Maybe they are too energetic. Maybe they talk too much. Maybe they talk about really serious things. Maybe they're sharing all of their emotions and their life story. Maybe they're talking about really heavy topics all the time. You could describe that person as a bit full on. We usually say a bit just to make it more polite. In a conversation, it might go something like this. Yeah, that guy's really nice, but he can be a little bit full on sometimes. Of course, I don't condone physical abuse. Condone. To condone something means to accept it, but we focus this specifically on behaviour that is offensive or morally wrong. So usually it's used in the negative and we say we do not condone something. We do not accept that this is okay. Quite often you'll see this as a statement made from a company or a professional business. They'll say we do not condone any behaviour that promotes racism, for example. Guilty of being consumed by the entertainment world, chewed up and spat out. Chewed up and spat out. Bear in mind this is a transitive verb, so we use to be. What does it mean to be chewed up and spat out? It means to be treated harshly. It means to be damaged or destroyed by something. I mean, look at it from a literal point of view if you want. If you put some food in your mouth and you chew it up and spit it out, that food has been well and truly destroyed. Often we talk about people being chewed up and spat out by a particular system. In this case, I'm talking about that celebrity world, that media-driven world. It pulls you into its mouth, 
it chews you up and it spits you out and it doesn't really care about you that much. It was a cheap shot joke and he should have known better. A cheap shot. A cheap shot in the non-physical world is a deliberate act of abuse, saying something unfair and critical towards another person. Usually that person is defenseless. So when you're really unfair about someone's illness or their weight or their appearance, that's a cheap shot. You know, they can't really defend themselves because it's so obvious that what they're saying is true, even if it's really horrible and nasty. In the physical sense, a cheap shot is almost the same thing. If you have two people fighting, one hits the other and he falls to the floor. While he's hurt and crying on the floor, the other one runs up behind him and kicks him in the ass. That's a cheap shot. He couldn't defend himself. Today I'm going to throw in a little bonus for you. Back in 1997, Will Smith released his album Big Willie Style and the first hit from that album was Getting Jiggy With It. But what does Getting Jiggy With It mean and why did I use it at the end of my podcast? There seems to be two meanings for the word jiggy so I'll make sure that I used it with the second one. The first one is to get intimate with someone on the dance floor. Getting Jiggy With It means to like bump up next to someone and kind of try to create some intimacy when you're dancing. That's not what I was doing in this podcast, by the way. Although you can't see me, so maybe I was. What I meant by I was just getting jiggy with it is I was getting excitedly energetic about the topic. And that's what jiggy can also mean. Getting very excited and energetic about something. Getting jiggy with it. And there you have it. Remember to learn effectively. It's not just about memorizing the words that we've discussed. It's about learning them and applying them. That's the most important part. So pick up the ones that you need and start applying them immediately. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A celebrity news update mixed with some social anthropology and a philosophical twist. That's just what I do. If you did enjoy it, wherever you're listening right now, click on that little review button write something nice, give it a five-star rating and share it. Please share it. Remember that this podcast is free of charge and the value for me is that it reaches as many people as possible. I want to share my English knowledge with you and I want you to be a part of it. I'm sure you've got some friends, some family members that would find this useful. Once again, head over to speaktolee.com if you want to find out more about my business and what I'm actually doing on a day-to-day basis. Other than that, I look forward to seeing you next time. I'll leave you with a very unrehearsed acoustic version of Getting Jiggy With It. Drum roll, please. What you want to ball with the kid? Watch your step, you might fall. Trying to do what I did. Mama, uh, mama, uh, mama, ukusa. In the middle of the club with the rubber dub, rubber dub. No love for the haters, the haters. Mad because I got floor seats at the Lakers. See me on the 50-yard line with the Raiders. Met Ali and told me I'm the greatest. I got the fever for the flavor of the crowd pleaser. DJ play another from the Prince of This, Your Highness. Only bad chicks riding my whips. South to the west, to the east, to the north about my head so what you go off and go off and yes yes y'all and you don't stop in the middle of the summertime make it hot getting jiggy with it I'm getting jiggy with it I'm getting jiggy with it